Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. And so now, increasingly people across Canada are familiar with, becoming familiar with, the, uh, the case of Canadian Admiral Mark Norman was criminally charged with breach of trust for allegedly leaking federal government secrets in order to assist a shipyard in Quebec with a $700 million contract to build a Canadian Navy supply ship. Admiral Norman's lead lawyer, Marie Hennon, is threatening to call both Gerald Butts and Michael Wernick to the stand if records from the PMO and the Privy Council office, including Trudeau's Butts and Wernick's emails, BlackBerry, as well as other communications concerning Admiral Norman, are not turned over. This is going to get very, very, very interesting. And my question is, how does a former Canadian military officer who knows the Admiral assess what is happening to Admiral Norman and what is happening to our country's military? Laurie Hahn was Canada's first CF-18 fighter pilot, uh, lieutenant colonel in the uh, Air Force, an honorary colonel in the military, and he was asked to give up that particular position, which is uh, a really remarkable and position, because he challenged the government on their then interest in buying 18 Super Hornet fighters. Laurie, it's been a long time since we've talked on the air. Thank you very much for taking the time, and you know the Admiral. That's Roy, and good to be with you. And I, I don't know him well, but I know him well enough from Ottawa to know that he's a man of integrity and principle and uh, tremendous capability. And, and I think, you know, barring what had happened, he would probably have been in line to be chief of defense staff uh, at some point. As you see, and we had an ongoing uh, criminal charge has been laid, so we have to be careful about what we say. But as you see what's, uh, what's developing uh, involving the admiral, do you have any, uh, any sense that he's being treated at all fairly? No, he's not being treated at all fairly. I mean, he was a scapegoat. He took on the task of getting a supply ship in the water, uh, which was way overdue. Our our supply ships were literally dead in the water, and we were relying on on borrowing ships from other other countries. So he was tasked as the commander of the navy to uh, to do that. And at the end of the day, the ship is in the water, was in the water on time, on on budget, and is performing extremely well. However, uh, it didn't make Irving happy, who is the largest shipbuilder in, in Canada. Irving seems to feel that they should be building every ship for uh, for Canada. So when Davy Shipyard got the contract by our government uh, and it was proceeding, Irving didn't like that, so they started petitioning to have that contract overturned and awarded to them. And they were, and, and nothing's been proven, of course. But uh, I suspect the reason, one of the reasons Scott Bryson resigned is he's involved in this and some other liberals. And when the admiral, rightly, in my view, uh, was promoting Davy to get the job done. Uh, it came down to looking like that uh, that he, in, in somebody's view, in perhaps Irving's view, I'm sure in Irving's view, was doing something against their interest. 
So the whistle got blown that the Liberals were, in fact, uh, looking at working with Irving to get that contract overturned and sent over to Irving. That, of course, would have been contrary to the best interests of the Canadian Navy and, and Canada. So the Liberals got caught. And, the, and, and Davy was already involved, already engaged in, in, in getting building the ship. Absolutely. The ship was, the ship was in, in progress. Uh, and the Liberals got caught fiddling the process, which is what they seem to do a lot. And then they looked for a scapegoat, and, uh, well, there was Admiral Norman, and he became handy. And so they've gone through this, this charade of, of, of justice where he has had no support from the Canadian forces, no support from the government, where other people in similar circumstances have received support with their, uh, with their uh, you know, legal uh, fees and, and so on. He has not. He stands out as somebody who has not received that support because the government decided and announced that he was guilty. Well, I thought we had a, a process of, of justice in the country where, you know, innocent till proven guilty and so on. That doesn't apply to somebody when you have fouled, run afoul of the Liberal government. And so they withdraw all support. Uh, he's fighting this on his own with Marie Hyman. Now I sent He's not on his own. He's, he well, has, yeah. <laughs> he has not. a tremendously effective uh, lead, lead well, counsel. Well, I sent him an email when he announced that she was his, his lead counsel. I said, uh, you know, good, good move, Admiral. You know, go get him. But she doesn't come cheap. And I have no idea what his legal costs will be, but I'm sure they'll be in the millions of dollars. There's a GoFundMe page that people can contribute to, and I have a couple of times in a, in a modest way. Uh, but that's not even going to come close. To Laurie, that. why is it always uh, such a why is it always such a political and often impossible situation to procure for Canada's military what is needed? Why does it always turn into a political mess? Well, yeah, Roy, there's there's the bigger issue at play here is that we have never had a coherent foreign policy probably since the beginning of the uh, of the Cold War. Unless you have a coherent foreign policy that talks about alliances and trade and economics and so on, then you're not going to have a coherent defense and security policy that falls out of that. If you don't have that, then you're not going to have a, a coherent procurement policy or sustainment policy. Because, we, sorry to interrupt, but without that supply ship, yep. we basically have a, have, a, have a shoreline patrol navy. Exactly. Uh, you know, the ship is out there now and is doing terrific work. We need two or three of those. Uh, but we're, you know, we're big borrowing and stealing from, from everybody else. You know, but, but unless we have some coherent policies that are followed through across governments that, that come and go, you know, we're never going to get anywhere. And, you know, we talk about Canadian content and all of the important things about doing things in Canada. The Canadian content I'm most concerned with is the men and women of the Canadian forces who are inside the vehicles, exactly. whether they're tanks or airplanes or ships that are doing the work for Canada. That's the Canadian content that's most important. And we need to give them the best equipment available wherever it's available from. And, in fact, buying things offshore, as we're seeing now with the ship uh, program, would be way cheaper, way cheaper, probably by about half, if we just procured equipment from somewhere else that we could work on in Canada. So we let me, could, we could be part of that program. Let, let me ask you about this. Uh, you're the, you were the first CF-18 fighter pilot in this country. And at that time, it was a, it was a cutting-edge weapon, right? It was. So today, it's hardly a cutting-edge weapon. It's, it's a relic. It's becoming more irrelevant every day. Right. So, and it, it wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be particularly advantageous to our pilots or to our allies if we were to try to integrate them into a into a into an allied military operation where F twenty two Raptors or F thirty fives were involved or you know the the, the Eurofighter were involved. Yeah. So what we do is we go to we, go, we they say it's a stopgap measure, but what do we do? We go to Australia 
and we buy the stuff that they were going to put out uh, into the into the boneyard in the desert. We buy 25 of their F-18s uh, for $500 million. What are we getting? Well, first of all, the cost is coming more clear now. It's probably $1.2 billion and, and going up. What we're getting is a gap filler for a gap that does not, did not exist. It all started with, with Justin Trudeau's statements during the last campaign that we'll never buy a 35 because it's too expensive and doesn't work. He's demonstrably wrong on both counts, but he painted himself into a corner that he's too uh, incapable of, of getting himself out of, which would have been quite easy. And so they had to come up with, with an excuse. So they, they manufactured a capability gap, which doesn't exist, and they said, well, we've got to fill that gap. And of course, the first plan was to buy 18 Super Hornets which would have been very expensive, are a completely different airplane than the our, our CF-18s. It's totally a mixed fleet. We don't have the capacity to support our current fleet, let alone a mixed fleet. And, of course, thank goodness Bombardier came along and wound up with a fight with, uh, with Lockheed, uh, or with Boeing, I should say, and, uh, and that got put aside. But they were still focused on this capability gap, so they had to come up with another plan, and that was the used Hornets from Australia. Okay. Complete waste of money, complete unnecessary, delays the procurement of the airplane we should buy, which is the F-35. And the result of that is our fighter force is declining rapidly. We are down to fewer than 100 fighter pilots in the entire Air Force, and that number is going down. We're losing them way faster than we can, we can train them. And, of course, we're losing the experience and training new guys who are great people but they don't have the experience or the people to, to bring them along to, to the higher level right. of qualification. I want to pursue that with you another day. Let me come back sure. to, to, the, to the question of uh, uh, Admiral Norman. I have just about a minute here, Laurie. Do you want to see, do you want to see uh, Butts and Wernick and possibly Trudeau called to the witness stand of the trial of the Admiral? This is a man who gave his life yep. to, to Canada and the Canadian military. Absolutely, I do. I mean, the whole SNC Lavin and Saga is is not dissimilar from what's happened to Admiral Norman. It's interference in the judicial process, the judicial system. There's plenty of guilt to go around, and obviously, I don't know all the facts, and we won't know all the facts unless there's a, a serious investigation. And that doesn't mean the Justice Committee, it doesn't mean the Ethics Commissioner, it means the RCMP or a public inquiry or something like that, where people have to appear and have to testify under oath and be held accountable for the things that they say. Good talking to you. Thank you for the service to Canada. Always a pleasure, Roy. Thank you. Laurie Hahn, Canada's first CF-18 fighter pilot. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 